Hello, family and friends. The title of today's message is Praying for the Lost. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today hungry for what you have for us today, and we choose to be a doer of your word, Father. So we come ready to receive in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, folks, we're going to talk today about praying for the lost and also our heart and wisdom while praying for the lost. Worrying or arguing never helped anybody get to heaven. We're called to be an example to the lost, to witness to them in obedience to the Great Commission, and yes, to pray for them. We'll be reading today from the Amplified Classic Bible, and let's start in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what He promises, according to some people's conception of slowness, but He is long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you, not desiring that any should perish, but that all should turn to repentance. Folks, the first thing we have to have rock solid in our hearts is that God's will is for every single person to be saved. He doesn't want anyone to perish. We can't pray with faith for salvation for the lost if we don't believe in God's mercy and love for all. And the last part of that verse, God says, that he is not desiring that any should perish, but that all should turn to repentance. Luke 15, 7, Thus I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one especially wicked person who repents, changes his mind, abhorring his errors and misdeeds, and determines to enter upon a better course of life than over 99 righteous persons who have no need of repentance. My friends, that is the heart that God put in us when we gave him our heart, passing by 99 saved, born-again folks to get to the one lost person that does not have a personal relationship with Jesus and to pray for that one in a hundred. But as God told us, there is a narrow path to heaven, so it is actually easier than that. We probably have to pass the 10 saved people to get to the 90 lost folks. 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 6. First of all, then, I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be offered on behalf of all men. Folks, this is an important point. We are called to pray for all men and, of course, women. Not just for salvation, but that is by far the most important prayer that we'll ever pray for someone else. If they're not going to heaven, it doesn't matter if we pray and help them get a new job or anything else. Remember, we're in a mist or a vapor of time on this earth, and then there's a fork in the road, and based on our choices, God decides which road we get in the end. Two, for kings and all who are in positions of authority or high responsibility, that outwardly we may pass a quiet and undisturbed life and inwardly a peaceful one in all godliness and reverence and seriousness in every way. My friends, don't forget to pray for the minority of God's people left in our governments, but also pray for the many wicked leaders across the world that they would receive Jesus and come to the light. Three, for such praying is good and right, and it is pleasing and acceptable to God our Savior. Folks, it is pleasing to God when we pray. For who wishes all men to be saved 
and increasingly to perceive and recognize and discern and know precisely and correctly the divine truth. The New King James Bible says it this way, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. My friends, again, because he is love, God's will is for all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth in Jesus, the only way. Verse 5, And there's only one God and only one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Folks, we shouldn't pray that people have a spiritual experience or come to a God or even quit sinning. A proper prayer is for our lost family and friends or anyone is to come to Jesus, the only one, mediator between the only one God and men. God will take care of the rest. Verse 6 say, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. My friends, now I want to talk for a minute about all prayer, which includes praying for the lost. 1 Timothy 2.8, I desire therefore that in every place men should pray without anger or quarreling or resentment or doubt in their minds, lifting up holy hands. Folks, we need to come to pray in every place. Wouldn't that be every time? Again, to come to pray without anger or quarreling or resentment or doubt in our minds, lifting up holy hands. Well, Brother Greg, I don't believe in all those things. Okay, but think about this. God does. It's in his word and God can't lie. Acts 16.31, And they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give yourself up to him. Take yourself out of your own keeping and entrust yourself into his keeping, and you will be saved. And this applies both to you and your household as well. My friends, this is another great thing that we can pray, that is, if we are born again, saved Christians, is that our household will be saved also. But remember, we have to claim God's promises by faith. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. Folks, this is another scripture for praying for the lost. Pray that the blinders are removed from the eyes of the lost person or persons that you are praying for and the glorious light of the gospel to shine into them. Remember, as a Christian, we are to speak to the mountain. Acts 7, 59 and 60. And while they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive and accept and welcome my spirit. 60. And falling on his knees, he cried out loudly, Lord, fix not this sin upon them, lay it not to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep in death. My friends, we all need to respond like Stephen. No matter what people do, pray for them and ask God for mercy on them. What a great heart Stephen had for people, loving and forgiving. Romans chapter 10 now, starting in verse 1. Brethren, with all my heart's desire and good will for Israel, I long and pray to God that they may be saved. Folks, it was the Apostle Paul and God's will that all be saved, and that should be our heart too. Two, I bear them witness they have a certain zeal and enthusiasm for God, but it is not enlightened and according to correct and vital knowledge. My friends, that is what religion is. You see, 
We can have a certain zeal and enthusiasm for God, but not be enlightened according to correct and vital knowledge. That is why God requires a personal relationship with Jesus Christ over everything. And that is what we should pray for the lost, that they receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Once they do that, they will want to find a church and pray, etc. Three, for being ignorant of the righteousness that God ascribes, which makes one acceptable to him in word, thought, and deed, and seeking to establish a righteousness, a means of salvation of their own, they did not obey or submit themselves to God's righteousness. Folks, you and I, or the lost, can't make ourselves righteous. We have to accept the righteousness that Jesus paid for already. That is another good prayer for the lost. Verse 9, because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and in your heart believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. My friends, this is one of the best prayers for the lost, that they will acknowledge and confess with their lips that Jesus is Lord and in their heart believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead. Verse 10, for with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ, and so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God, and with the mouth he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith, and confirms his salvation. Folks, when the lost pray that prayer from their heart, they are no longer lost. They are saved and confirm their salvation. Verse 11, the scripture says, No man who believes in him, who adheres to, relies on, and trusts in him, will ever be put to shame or be disappointed. Verse 13, For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking him as Lord, will be saved. 14, But how are people to call upon him whom they have not believed in, in whom they have no faith, on whom they have no reliance? And how are they to believe in him, that here to trust and rely upon him, of whom they have never heard? My friends, I'm focusing on prayer today, and it is so critical. But don't leave out the witnessing part. This verse says basically, how will they call upon Jesus if nobody talks to them about Jesus? We are the body of Christ. The latter part of Mark 16 says that the Lord works with us, confirming his word. Are we giving the Lord anything to work with? Let's be in prayer for the lost and also witnessing to the lost diligently in these last of the last days, praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you help us, Father. You work with us, and we, we pledge to keep praying for the lost, Father, more diligently all the time. And thank you that our lost family members are coming to Jesus. Our lost friends are coming to Jesus. We call them forth and rebuke the blinders from their eyes. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, folks, you can contact us at 812-449-8147. We love you all. Please go talk to someone about Jesus today. And remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary.